Hey, Merry Christmas, and we're so delighted and excited that you are at one of our six campuses. We're one church in multiple locations. We also have multiple languages, and then there's many of you who are watching online. However you are with us, Merry Christmas, number one, and number two, let's believe that you are here for a reason, and it is greater than tradition. It is greater than just uh, maybe your family invited you or a friend invited you. God's got you here for a reason. Hey, before we get going, uh, we want everyone to know at Rockbridge, we are all about helping people take next steps in their journey, taking next steps maybe in their spiritual journey. One of those may be letting us know how we can pray with you, come alongside of you, or, or God may take direct you today to take some kind of what we would call spiritual next step. A lot of ways you can do that, uh, so we encourage you to use the connection card if you're in a physical campus. You can also text NEXT, and we have a number there, and then you can use a QR code as well. One of the, the most significant questions around Christmas or around Jesus in general is this question of what do we do with Jesus? Or, or, or said more clearly, maybe where do we put Jesus? Where, where does he fit in history? Where does he fit in our lives? And, and, and what's interesting is when you read the biographies of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this was like a major question that's always going on, right? Like, where do we put Jesus? Mary and Joseph were unsure about even if they even wanted to be his earthly parents, and then he has to be born not like in a hospital, not in, uh, under medical care, not in a hotel, not in a house, but we have to put him in a manger, in, in a stable. And, and then like all along, people are like, what do we do with Jesus? Is he a rabbi? Is he a teacher? Is he a good person? Uh, what do we put with Jesus? And what do we do with him? Pilate's wife said, tells her husband, don't want anything to do with him. Pilate tries to get rid of him. But eventually, he's betrayed by one of his friends who's like, hey, I would rather have 30 pieces of silver than Jesus. And, and he goes to a cross, and they put him on a cross. So the, 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 the Christmas story culminates on a bloody, bloody cross, and then they take his body down and they put him in a tomb, put a big stone in front of it. And then three days later, he comes out of that tomb alive. And so we today still have to deal with this question. What do we do with Jesus? One of the clearest answers for what do we do with Jesus comes in one of the gospels, the gospel of John. We'll start in verse 12 where it says this, but to all who did receive him, and this has the implication that it's Jesus is some type of gift, and we understand that at Christmas time. To all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. Wow, what, a, what an honor that we could be called children of God. To those who believe in his name. Now, it's not enough, based on this verse, to, to just believe in Jesus. You know, hey, just believe in Jesus, believe in Jesus. No, no, no. It, it, it tells us we have to believe in his name which is the sum total of all of who he is. The sum total of all who he is. So to know what to do with Jesus or to know where to put Jesus, we must know who he really is or believe in his name, the fullness of his attributes, the fullness of his character, his full identity. Now here's the challenge for us, right? This is the challenge. Not every Jesus is the real Jesus. There's a lot of caricatures out there about this guy, this guy, this God, this teacher, this man that we call Jesus. 
And, and so part of the struggle of what to do with Jesus is, is who is Jesus really? Because if I know who he really is, I know what I need to do with him. I mean, think about it. In, in our culture, you've got a Republican Jesus. He's against tax increases and activist judges. He's for family values and owning firearms. Then there's a Democrat Jesus who's against Wall Street and Walmart and for reducing our carbon footprint. There's therapist Jesus who helps people cope with life problems, heals with our past, tells us how important we are and not to be so hard on ourselves. There's a Starbucks Jesus who, do, who drinks fair trade coffee, loves spiritual conversations, drives a hybrid and goes to film festivals. There's a touchdown Jesus who helps athletes run faster and jump higher than non-Christians do and he determines who wins the Super Bowl. There's gentle Jesus, who's meek and mild, with high cheekbones, flowing hair, walks around barefoot and wears a sash. There's motivational Jesus. He's good for Christmas cards, Christmas specials, bad sermons, and he inspires people to believe in themselves, telling us we can walk on mountains. There's revolutionary Jesus, who teaches us to rebel against the status quo, stick it to the man, and dream up impossible schemes. And there's good example Jesus who tells us how to help people change the planet and become a better version of ourselves. But not every Jesus is the real Jesus. But we got to know who he is so we can know what to do with him. The Gospel of John starts this way, telling us who this Jesus is. It says, in the beginning, a deliberate parallel to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1, in the beginning, was the word... That's Jesus, the, the full revelation, the communication of who God is, what God is like, the definitive expression of the nature and the being of God. And the Word was with God, so Jesus has always existed. And the Word was God. Jesus is God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were created through Him. And apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. So Jesus created in the beginning. Jesus created the planet, the cosmos, the universe. Jesus created humankind, human beings, created us. He's our creator. It says this, in him was life. Jesus is life. And that life was the light of men. Great metaphor, but so illustrative of who Jesus is. Light, right, illuminates. It shows us danger. It reveals to us beauty. It's necessary for life and fullness of life. So when you see who Jesus is, it starts to give us some questions to wrestle with. Is Jesus just a part of my life? Is he an addition to my life? We could even say, is he an interruption to my life? Or is he my life? Now the word says, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. So that begins to narrow down what we need to do with Jesus. But furthermore, to know what to do with Jesus, we also need to know our condition. Our condition as human beings, right? Going to verse 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Darkness is synonymous with evil, and we know there's evil in the world. But we also know there's evil in us, that we do not good things, that we're not always good people trying to be better people. We can do things that are sinful or things that are hurtful or, 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 or things that, that get into the realm of evil. 
says this, that Jesus, he was in the world and the world was created through him. We repeated kind of what we said earlier, yet the world did not recognize him. He, didn't, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. So people see Jesus, but they don't recognize him as the word, as God, as light, as life, as creator. And then they don't receive him for who he is. And one of the reasons is because there's a love for us of darkness. Later on in the Gospel of John, it'll say this. This is the verdict. This is the judgment. Light, Jesus, has come into the world. But people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. And so here we see that this darkness, that we have a preference for darkness over light, that we prefer things other than God. And so part of our condition is that we prefer to do it our way and have it our way. We value, we treasure, we love darkness more than we love God. So we're like adulterers, we're like traitors. And so that's part of our condition. And so our problem, if you will, that, that to understand our condition, our problem is not, first and foremost, that we need a world without cancer, a world without war. Our problem is not that, hey, we just need to find our place and find our purpose. Our problem is not that we just need peace and we need somebody who, who gets us. Our greatest problem is we have a lack of righteousness and a preference for darkness. Let me say it this way. We have to see the mess we're in globally and personally described scripturally as darkness before we can appreciate, value, trust in, receive and believe in the God that we actually have, the real Jesus. But once we understand our condition, we then need to know God's provision, God's provision for us. John says it this way, but to all who did receive him as a gift for who he truly is, not therapist Jesus, not Republican Jesus, not Democratic Jesus, not, uh, not superstar, all-star, athlete Jesus, touchdown Jesus, Jesus, the Word, Jesus, God. Jesus, light. Jesus, life. To all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, sons and daughters of God. To those who believe in his name, the full reality of who he is. These children were born not of natural descent, so you're not born a child of God. You're not born a Christian or a Christ follower or of the will of the flesh or the will of man. So you don't just say, hey, I'm going to be a good person. I can help myself and God will help me. You don't just decide on your own to, to say, hey, I'm going to be okay with God and I'm a good person and God understands. But you're born of God. That means God shows you who Jesus is your heart says yes to him who he fully is. You believe in his name. So this shows us we're helpless and hopeless apart from God. We're helpless and that's how bad our condition is. We're helpless and hopeless apart from God. 
But what did God do? Here's how John tells Jesus being born and placed into a manger. The word became flesh, a human being, and dwelt among us. It's what we celebrate at Christmas, the coming of the word in the flesh. We observed his glory. The glory is the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Grace is a gift that we do not deserve. Jesus is the gift for all who received him. Truth is there is law. There are standards. There's good. There's bad. There's light. There's darkness. There's good and evil. Jesus comes not to make the truth go away. Jesus comes to say, hey, here's the truth. Apart from me, you have no hope. You have no help. You are not a child of God. But I come as a gift from the Father. I come as a gift from God to get uh, to rescue us, to redeem us out of our condition. 2 Corinthians says it the most, one of the most powerful ways you can say it. God made him, Jesus Christ, this is God, this is the word, this is light, this is life, this is the son of God. God made him who had no sin, he was perfect, righteous in every way, never loved the darkness. He made him to be sin for us. Put all our evil, all our darkness right there because that's an evil act, crucifixion. All of that right there. So that in him, Jesus, we might become what we can't on our own but we might become the righteousness of God. His righteousness as the word, as God, as light and life becomes our righteousness. Our evil, our sinfulness, our darkness goes on him. His righteousness comes to us as we receive him for who he is and believe in his name. So now we must know how to respond, which we've said is to receive Jesus and believe in his name. And here it is. We come as we are. We don't have to clean up. We don't have to become a better version of ourselves first. He already knows who we are. He knows our condition. He knows we're helpless and hopeless. We just have to come as we are. You know, it's funny. A lot of us think, you know, what God wants the most is, hey, for us to, you know, become a little bit better people, and and how do we? And God wants us to be more like this person and less like that person, and and God wants us just to be better. God just wants us to come. No pretension, no hypocrisy, just to come as we are in that helpless, hopeless condition where our greatest problem is we just lack righteousness because we love the darkness, and we see Jesus as He really is. He's the Word. He's God. He's the Son of God. He's light. He's life. And as we see him, we begin to say, I can trust him. As we see him, we see him as, as supreme and, 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 and beautiful and amazing and loving and incredible. So we, we see him as he really is and we receive him. And all that he is for us. And then we follow him as our Lord and as our Savior. So the question is simply this. Where is Jesus in your life right now? Where have you put this Jesus? And if you're saying, hey, Matt, 
I've been running from him. I need to come back. Praise God. Praise God. Some of you may say, you know what? I've never come to Jesus and received him for who he really is and believed in his name. So today, this Christmas, I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to begin as best I can, best I know how to turn, repent from darkness, walk in the light, and follow Jesus. As God himself speaks to you and, and prompts you, I, I believe there's a next step for every person here. It could be to just thank him for who he really is. To cherish him for the great gift of himself. To come back to him because you've been drifting and backsliding and wandering. Or perhaps for the first time to become his son or daughter. By coming as you are. Seeing him as he really is. Believing in him. Receiving him. And following him as your Lord King and Savior. Let's pray together. God, I'm just going to be silent for just a moment and allow people to talk to you in their, in their mind, in their spirit, and tell you what they need to tell you. God, by faith, people need to do something with Jesus. Ten billion years from now, our, we'll all exist, and our existence will be defined by what we do with Jesus. So, Lord, I believe there's next steps to be taken by every person, including me. And, God, we want to talk to you about those right now. God, I thank you that you've heard from people. Some of whom, God, are becoming sons and daughters. Some of whom already are sons and daughters of yours. They may be coming back. Or maybe they're just telling you, Jesus, thank you for what you did and for who you are. But Jesus, we realize that this season is a reminder of all of who you are and the great gift of God, which is Jesus Christ, whose name we pray. Amen.